Amen. Well, good morning, uh, Hope Church. It is great to see you. You can go ahead and take your seats. Uh, some of you aren't even waiting for me to say that. I appreciate that uh, a lot. Um, but it is, uh, it is always good to be back in the church that planted our church uh, up in Newmarket. It's been great to see a bunch of familiar and friendly faces. I was just connecting with Chuck uh, earlier, and we noticed it's been a while because his hair is much longer and I have less of it. Uh, so it has been a season or two, uh, but of course, it is always great uh, to be uh, back with you. Now, um, we are going to get into God's Word this morning in uh, Romans chapter 12. Okay, Romans chapter 12 is going to be our core verse uh, for today. And as you're getting yourselves uh, turned there, uh, have you ever gotten uh, to the place in your life where you just knew okay, that something's got to change? Right, that something, something's not right, something's got to change, and, and dramatically even. Maybe it's been uh, the area of, of diet or exercise for you. Right? I had a big family get-together at our place uh, yesterday, and uh, I'm certainly feeling it in the diet area uh, throughout the summer as well. That's one for me, but maybe for you it's something like that, or, or it's been a, uh, an area of sin. Right? Sin has become a runaway freight train in your life, and this is getting out of control now. It's, it's becoming something that you can't hide, you can't pretend it's not a big deal. It is a big deal, and yet you're feeling helpless and know that, no, this has got to change. Maybe for some of us here, a lot of us, I think it's anxiety, isn't it? Anxiety just plagues us, and we wake up in the morning if we slept at all through the night, and it's just that pit of anxiety, it's that fear, it's that stress that's there about something in our life. Maybe for you, the thing that needs changing is, is something in the area of spiritual disciplines. Man, it's been a while since I've just been in the Word, and it seems so hit and miss, and, and I know it's good for me, but yet I, I seem to just push it aside, and that's got to grow, right? All of us, all of us, we face these moments in our lives where it just hits us, and you know, I, I need to get this thing fixed. I need to see some growth in this area of my life. I need to be transformed. Do you feel that way? I know so many of us do. Well, today, we're going to explore that topic, that concept, and we're going to look at how to do this well. How can we change? How can we be transformed? How can we do this biblically? Right? How, how do you and I actually go about undertaking this process? Have you ever thought about that before? Like, practically speaking, how do we grow in an area that's been a problem for a long time? Right? What is... What is our responsibility in that process versus what is the Lord's responsibility in that, right? Like that, that tension there. How do we, how do we work this, this out? How do, we, how do we get to a place where we truly live and function as God intends us to? Right? We see how, how God has this ideal in the scriptures. This is how we're supposed to live. But so many times, so often, we don't live that way. We want to live with more joy and more gratitude we want to actually have peace in our hearts and in our lives. We want to live with confidence in the Lord and confidence out of the, the identity that he has given us. Well, how do we go about doing this? Well, what we're going to do today for this is, is look at Romans 12, verse 2. Now, maybe you hear that and you're like, man, guy, like you, you promised an awful lot here. You're talking about like full life transformation. We're looking at one verse that's a lot. You're promising a lot. Well, it's true. I guess I am. And it is just one verse, but it's an amazing one. It's a very helpful one and tells us quite a bit 
about this idea of transforming. And so I want to read it for us now, and then, uh, then we will pray. But here's what it says. We'll start in verse 1 here, just get a fresh start in Romans chapter 12. It says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. And then here's our verse. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. God, we do come before you uh, this morning and we cry out to you, Lord. We all know that we've got these areas of our lives that uh, just are not where they should be. Uh, Maybe in our own minds it's just a little bit off, maybe it's a lot off. But at the end of the day, Lord, we know that we need to be transformed. We know that we need to grow and we know that we need you. And so would you have mercy on your church today, on your people? Would you show us your great love? Would you help us to develop some strategies here and and to see uh, that transformation is not only possible, but show us how we're to go about that? So God, we thank you that you don't just leave us where we are. We thank you that you You save us from sin, absolutely, and then you transform us into the image of Christ. And so, God, I pray uh, that your church would come away encouraged and motivated and that you would get the glory. We pray it all in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, well, as we jump into the first thing here, it's going to be on the screen for you, of course, but, but here it is, okay? I can truly be transformed when I first determine the ways that I've conformed to this world. All right? This is the really the, the first step of transformation. If you and I really want to change, okay, if we're serious about this, not just, yeah, I'd love to see some things that are better, but in the end of the day, I'm not really going to put a lot of effort into this. No, if, if you really want to change and you're, you're serious, you're desperate, then we need to be properly aware, at least on some level, of what the problem is exactly, don't we? We, we need to be aware of that. Look at the first part of Romans 12, verse 2. We're going to break this verse into three sections here, three points. But here's the first part. It says, do not be conformed, okay? Do not be conformed to this world. Okay, that word conformed there means in compliance with. Okay, in compliance with, with rules or, or laws or standards. Okay, meaning here that the world, okay, the world has its way of thinking, doesn't it? The world has its firmly entrenched set of beliefs. It has, you know, its way of behaving. It's, it's even, you know, they're, they're driven by certain desires that you and I as believers know are, are out of line with how Christ followers are to, are to think and believe and behave, okay, and, and even desire uh, in, inside of us. Okay, simply put, the world's way of doing things are are contrary to God's ways. And as, as believers, we're not to be like that. We're not to conform to that. You know, in the, in the original language here, that word conformed is great because it carries with it this sense that, that when you and I conform to something, an inner change has occurred. Okay, something is happening inside of us, which I think makes sense because, because how, you know, or, or what we do Okay, how we behave on the outside, it, it's never just an external thing, is it? it it's not. Okay, it always flows from what is going on inside of us, inside of our hearts or inside of our minds. And let me give you an example of this. 
Go into your favorite coffee shop on your way to work. Okay, you go to your favorite coffee shop because of deeply held firm beliefs and desires and thoughts about those coffee shops. Some of you are, you're, you know, you're the, you're the Starbucks people. You're like, I will go out, out of my way on my journey to find the Starbucks with the barista that I like, the person that makes my drink the right way. I will spend the extra money because I value their coffee. Other people are like, well, no, it's like, it's Timmy's. I, I appreciate the convenience. There's 96 Tim Hortons on my way to work. I'll just stop at one of them. I, I, I appreciate how quick that is. Others of you are like coffee shops, right? I'm, I'm out on all of those. I can make a better coffee than any of them at home. And you've got all the devices. Your counter looks like a chem lab in your house, right? Because you have strong beliefs, right, so about, about coffee. Again, the point is what we do, how we act, how we behave, it flows from what's going on inside of us. Okay, so think about it like this. If you want to be transformed in whatever area of life it might be for you, you, you probably have one, two, three, ten, right, that come to mind right now. Maybe it's an area, maybe it's anger, right? You, you, you rage, you seethe inside, and it comes out in all kinds of bad ways. For you, potentially, it's sexual immorality, that's coming out of you. It's maybe fear, like we've talked a little bit about, or there's some addiction in your life that you've got. It could be anything. It could be bad eating habits. It could be watching too much Disney+, Plus, right? It could be anything, really. But again, the issue is not just the external act of giving into those things outwardly. The issue is that somewhere inside of you, you have conformed to this world. You conform to the world in your, again, in your thinking, in, in, in what you believe, okay, and in, in, in your desires even. Okay, and out from those inner thoughts and beliefs and desires, you've now chosen to act outwardly, okay, in world-conforming ways, instead of God-conforming ways, which at the end of the day, we, we always know is best, right? We know that God's ways are best. We, we get that on a certain level. That's why it's, it's tricky for us to just change our behavior. Because again, it's, it's, it's harder to change the, you know, what's going on, the gears that are turning inside of us in our hearts and minds. Okay, so as you consider where you're at spiritually this week, really start thinking carefully and, and, and determining the different ways that you have conformed to this world. What are the ways that you have done that? And while you'll likely be able to come up with you know, a number of outward behaviors and actions that you do. Things like, well, gossip. You know, I, I, I like to, to gossip about people. Or, or maybe for you, it's been impatience with your kids. You know, it's like the end of the summer, you can't wait to send them back to school. For you, maybe it's this, this presence of a coldness towards your spouse. You have that going on. And, and while you can recognize some of those outward actions, which is, which is great, really start to think beneath all of that stuff. Really start to think about what's going on inside of you. What are, what are the thoughts that you have about these things? What are the thoughts and, and, and the, the beliefs that are going on? What do you believe about sexual morality? Truly, when, when you strip it all away, I'll, I'll give you a hint. You believe that it is necessary and good and helpful to you. That is what you think. You, you believe that you, I need this. I, I cannot live without this. You believe that, you, that this is actually going to be good for you. 
right? These are the beliefs. You see what I'm talking about? We're getting below the surface here, starting to, to get down into what are those desires and, and, and things that are going on there? Because that, again, that's where the root of these issues are found. And again, I would, I would just encourage you and let you know, it, it takes some careful thought. It takes some intentionality here to, to start thinking about this, to, to determine what these things are. Because remember, how you and I are conformed to this world begins inside, internally. And again, in those thoughts and the beliefs and the desires. And so, hey, if, if, we, if we can discover where those things are off, right, where, where they're out of line with what's true and what's good and what's right in God's eyes, okay, then we can attack the problem at the root. Right? Then we can really get down there and start to see the Holy Spirit and God's Word dig that up and begin to smooth that over and transform us. And, and then we'll begin to start to see how we change outwardly in the actions, in the behaviors. I want to read for you a, a great verse that I think really helps us understand what we've just been talking about and then where we're about to go next. Romans 8 verse 6, if you want to jot this down and check this out a little bit on your own time. But you've heard this before, likely. Many of us have. Look what it says. It says, for to set the mind, okay, notice that? To set the mind on the flesh is death. To set your mind, your thinking, right? Your beliefs, all of that. To set it on the flesh is death. Okay, but then notice the, the, the other side of the verse here. It says, but, how good is that? But to set the mind on the spirit is life and peace. To set your mind on, on the flesh is death, but to, to change your mind, to set it on the spirit, to set it on what is true and good and right, is life. It, it, it is peace. Right, again, more into that stuff in here in just a moment, but all of this really sets us up for this next thing here. I can truly be transformed when I renew what I think about and actually believe. Right, so if the first step of transformation is determining, again, what's, what's gone sideways biblically in my thinking and in my beliefs and in my desires. And the second step is to get all of those things, the thoughts, beliefs, the desires, okay, set on the right things. Okay, again, it's not rocket science. It's fairly straightforward, but that's what the second part of Romans 12, 2 gets at. He's already said, do not be conformed to this world, but then this, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. Okay, notice right in this verse, baked right into it, the responsibility that is placed on, on you and I here. Okay, you and I, we've been tasked by God to put forth the effort required to ensure that our minds get renewed. Okay, we, there, there's something that we've got to do here. There's an action that you and I are to engage in. Now, of course, we know as as Christians who study the Bible, we also understand that along with our efforts, it's the Holy Spirit who, who meets us in this place, right? He, who enables us and who brings the, the transformation that we're, we're working towards into effect. He's the one that does that. So it's us and the Lord engaged in the process together. It's this, this divine human cooperative. Okay, that, that's what it means to be in a relationship with God. It's, these, it's two parties at work with grace pulling it all together, right? Grace making it happen. Awesome. Okay, so keep in mind here two, I think, ditches that sometimes Christians can fall into. 
Okay, so the, the, the first ditch, I think, is that we sometimes think that, that transformation is, is simply, I pray a couple of words and then hope that God just does all the work of transformation. You ever, you ever fall into that trap? I, I often fall into this trap. Lord, would you, would you just transform me? And then I just kind of keep doing what I'm doing. It, it, it's kind of a lazy prayer. Do you see how it is? We, we pray for the change. We, we, we feel good about ourselves for praying to the Lord and seeking him. But we're really not engaging in what Romans 12.2 tells us to engage in. Right? So it's, it's kind of lazy. It's passive. And we're expecting God to do everything really in that sense. Okay, but the other ditch that we tend to fall into is just the opposite, where we, we treat it, our transformation as this kind of self-help program, where I'm just going to grit my teeth, I'm, I'm going to dig deep here, I'm going I'm to change myself, I'm going to put in all the effort and then some, and yet we're not really seeking the Lord in this. We're not, we're not relying on him, we're not humbling ourselves before him, we're not crying out for mercy necessarily. Again, these are just, I think, two ditches that we need to be mindful of. Okay, so again, what, what is this effort then that we're supposed to put forward here in the, in the transformation process supposed to look like? Well, what we're shown here is that being transformed happens as our minds are renewed. As our minds are renewed. Meaning that it's so, so crucial for you and I to learn to think about, okay, and, and make the choice to believe and then actually act upon what is true and good. Okay, that's really, I'm going to say that again. Okay, we're to, we're to, let me find it in my notes here. Okay, we're supposed to think about, okay, and then make the choice to believe and then act upon what is actually true and good. Okay, I want to, I want to give you a couple of verses here that have been so helpful to me in this process. I've been thinking about these verses uh, for a while now. They're verses that I've, I've seen and read before, but they're coming at me now with a bit of a new light. And I want to share these with you, and these are going to be on the screen for you. But the first one comes from Philippians 4, verses 8 and 9. He okay, notice this with me. He says, finally, brothers, whatever is true. You see that word there, right? Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is, lots of other good words next, honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there's any excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, what does it say? Think about these things. You see it right there, right? You got to think about these things. Whatever is, whatever is true, okay, not lies, whatever is true, I got to, I got to actually think about those things. I've got to put forth the energy to remind myself of what is true, and which is actually what the rest of the verse gets at. What you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, look, practice these things. Practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. So you've got to, you've got to recognize what is true. God's word will help you with that. And then you've got to actually think about what is true. And it's not just like think about it once and hopefully it sticks. No, you've got to actually practice thinking about what's true. You got to practice it. And then will you be on your own and hope that it all works out? No, it says that the God of peace will be with you. God is going to be with you in that process. I trust that is helpful to you as you think about this. How about Romans 6, 11? Look what the Bible says about this. So you must, so you also must consider. What does that word consider mean? It means to think carefully, doesn't it? So you also must consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. 
Okay, so there's an area of temptation in your life, and, and you're feeling inside, like, I need to run down that road. I need to open my computer and go on areas that I shouldn't go on. You're feeling that. You're thinking that this is going to be helpful to you. All lies, right? You're thinking that. You've got to stop. You've got to consider, which means think carefully. I've got to consider, no, wait a second. In Christ, I'm dead to sin. This is not who I am anymore. This is not what God has called me to. I am dead to sin, and I am what? I am alive to God in Christ Jesus. You've got to think about this. You've got to consider this, and then act. Love that verse. How about this one, though? Ephesians 4, verses 22 and 23. It says, to put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through, notice, deceitful desires, and to be renewed, there's our word again, to be renewed in the spirit of your minds. Mind renewal, the spirit of our minds. We need new thinking, correct thinking, be renewed by that. Over and over again, the Bible talks about this. It's so easy to miss it. I feel like I'm seeing this all with new eyes. I mean, you see there, there's the critical importance in just those three verses there, those three passages of thinking about what is actually true. We've got to do this. And why, though? You might be wondering, why do we need to do this? Well, because you and I, as human beings, we have the very unfortunate tendency of, of, of thinking about and believing things that aren't actually true. Have you recognized this in your life? How, how often we do this, how much we do this, the, the tape just plays over and over again in our minds. Lies, 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 over and over again. We believe a shocking amount of lies. If you're not sure what I'm talking about or, or don't believe me, let me just give you a couple of examples here. See if any of these are true for you. Here's some lies that we believe. Is this true of you? If I don't look attractive, I'll never have any true value or be worth loving. How many of us believe this? We are governed by this. It influences how we spend our money. It influences us in how we spend our time and how we think about ourselves, how we think about others. And we believe this and it's deep down there and it's whispering at us constantly when we wake up and we look in the mirror in the morning and we hate what we see and we think, I must not be valuable because I am not beautiful according to the world's standards. How many of us think that? Now, we, we don't audibly say that to ourselves. Most of us don't. But it's in there. It's whispering at us. Do you see how that's deep in our minds and in our, and in our hearts and our souls? It's wrong. It's incorrect. It doesn't, it doesn't line up with the scriptures or the gospel whatsoever. Our value is not tied to our worth or to our beauty, I should say. How about this example? This crisis I'm in will leave me permanently destroyed and beyond repair. You ever felt like that? You've gone through a divorce. You've lost your job and your house. It's some other trial. It's some other horrific situation that you've gone through maybe years ago. And you've believed because you're telling yourself over and over again, I'll never be the same. I will never heal. I will never grow. This will never be okay. Incorrect. God, through Christ Jesus and his Holy Spirit, is in the business of healing us. That is what he does. He will transform you if you let him. 
He will work in you. He will change your heart. He will, he will transform. You are not beyond repair. God fixes. How about this lie? Dating an unsafe person isn't that big of a deal. Probably won't have any serious consequences. You sure about that? I don't know who needs to hear that here today, but somebody does. It's not true. You're walking into something that will just get more and more and more difficult the longer that you are in it. Don't believe the lie. Last one here. This thing I've been praying for hasn't gone the way I've liked, so it must mean that God isn't truly good or care about my well-being. You believe that? Once again, it's not true. It's really not. The Lord absolutely does care about your well-being. He is good. Just because something hasn't gone the way you've wanted doesn't change who God is. God will often not let us have certain things that we think we need because he knows. He sees the big picture. He knows that it won't be good for us. If we don't have something, it's because God has decided that we shouldn't have it or that we shouldn't have it yet. And so don't allow your circumstances and and, and prayer requests that have gone maybe unanswered or not gone the way you're like to, to influence what you believe about God. He is good. He does care about you. That's why it hasn't gone the way that you would maybe have wanted it to go. Okay, to be transformed by the renewal of your mind means to learn to consciously and intentionally think about and actually choose to believe what is true instead. Okay, not just giving in over and over and over again to what are, are straight-up lies. Okay, now, now, maybe you're thinking as you, as you hear me say all of this, you're like, man, I, I've been a Christian for a long time. I've heard all these verses before. I've memorized them. I've studied the Greek and the Hebrew and all of that. I already know the truth. Man, I already get it. You're not telling me anything new. I would just ask you this. Do you get it? Do you actually believe the truth? Because my pushback to all of that is, is that so many of us tend to know truth in a very surfacy and, and head knowledge type way. Okay, but in, in many cases, it doesn't go deeper than that. It hasn't penetrated down into our hearts and souls where it is genuinely governing us and, and leading us in the direction that we should be going to and directing our emotions in the situation and transforming our desires and, and leading us into to all those ways that we're to practically live and behave according to God's will and God's design. Listen, I got to be honest with you, church. I'm, I'm excited as you think about these things. I'm excited for you as you begin to process this a little bit more deeply. Because as I've kind of mentioned, this has been so good for me myself. Okay, through my times with the Lord over the last years, through some very timely conversations uh, with some good friends of mine, I've started to, to dive into this a little bit more. And, and I've just realized, man, there are a lot of lies that govern me. Yeah, yeah, I know truth. I've got it up here. I can teach it. I can literally preach it. But how many times these things haven't penetrated and they aren't governing me? No wonder I have so much anxiety and fears about life. No wonder I'm, I'm tempted to run off into nonsense sometimes because deep down the truth hasn't taken hold. Deep down, I've realized a lot of lies that just flat out need to go. And, and, and a tip that I would love to share with you is that I, I, I grabbed a journal and I started to just really pray and think, what are the lies? What's going on under the surface? When I'm anxious, what is it that I actually want? 
What is my heart screaming for? And I started to just jot down the lies. And, and sometimes, it, you know, it didn't really come out very clear, and so I would take another shot at it and write it again, write it again, until it came out clearly, until I felt like I was hitting the bullseye. And I got to be honest with you, a couple of times I wrote down lies and just started weeping. It's like, man, how sad is it that I'm like, I'm 40 now, and I've believed this since I was a kid. Right? But it's been so healing as well to think through, no, this is, this is not true. God's word is what's true. And to get my mind thinking about that and to remind myself when I'm feeling tempted or I'm feeling low or I'm feeling anxious, to, to no, I'm not going to go down that road. This is what is true. Spirit, fix my heart. Transform me as I renew my mind. I, I, I just think it's so helpful for us and, ex- and I think it's so exciting because it's so doable. Right? None of us here should be overwhelmed by this, by this thought and this process. It's not, this transformation is not out of reach for anybody. It's not because some of us have degrees that we'll be able to get down into this easier than others. No, any of us can. Remember, it's first determining what are the lies that I believe that have me conforming to the world's ways. And then it's, again, renewing my mind. And what is my thinking actually about? What are those deep down beliefs truly anchored to? Is it to a lie or is it to the truth of scripture? And we do that so that we can then discover the awesomeness of of what living according to God's will is really like. And that's really the last thing I have for us here this morning. Third point, I can truly be transformed when I experience that God's will really is the best thing ever. It really is. Let's read our verse over again. At the beginning, it says, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your minds. Okay, again, look at that. Now this, that by testing, you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Man, what a line. But I got to be honest with you here a little bit. The English translation of this is just a touch clunky. The original language, the Greek here, conveys the idea that as you and I are are transformed by the renewal of our mind, the the, the will of God, which itself is good and acceptable and perfect, becomes something that that you and I experience in our lives as the greatest thing ever. That's what it's meant when, when it says that by testing you may discern. As our minds are renewed in the truth, we'll find or or we'll discern through experience, through testing, the verse says, that God's will really is far superior. It really is. Far better than the world's ways. Far better than the world's lies and and what they're, they're trying to get you to do, which we often get sucked into thinking is best and then end up pursuing. And so if you think about it, this part of it is, is such a massive part of, of getting to the place of, of truly being transformed in those areas that you and I know need to change. It's experiencing, right? It's, it's getting a taste of how awesome God's will is. Have you done that? Can you think back to a time in your life where as the Lord is growing you and you're seeing what it means to follow him, you're like, man, this is the best. Nothing compares to this. Man, how many, how many moments, how many years have I wasted living for self, pursuing the world's ideals, and now I'm living for Christ, and I'm realizing the peace that's available to me, the joy, the purpose, all of it, it's nothing compares whatsoever. Here's how 
theologian J.A. Whitmer puts it. Take a look at this. He says, as a Christian is transformed in his mind and is made more like Christ, he comes to approve and desire God's will, not his own for his life. Then he discovers that God's will is what is good for him and that it pleases God and is complete in every way. It's all that he needs. But only by being renewed spiritually can a believer ascertain, do, and enjoy the will of God. That's good. That is good stuff right there. Being truly transformed isn't just about ridding ourselves of poor thinking or or ceasing to do the bad or the wrong things anymore. I've often referred to that as sin avoidance mode. You ever get, you ever get stuck in sin avoidance mode as a Christian? Where, where you spend so much energy, all of your energy, just trying to avoid all the bad sins, but I'm not really living according to God's will. I'm not living and enjoying all that he has to offer me. I'm just like, I'm playing sin whack-a-mole. One pops up, I'm trying to hit it. It goes down, I'm hitting the next one that pops up. That, that's sin avoidance mode. That's not, surely God has called us to more than that. He has. It's about also experiencing the goodness of believing what's true deep down and having those beliefs then catapult us with joy into actually living according to God's will for our lives, which is far, far better than any other path we could choose. It truly is the best way to live. Like, just, just imagine with me here for a moment. You ever thought about this? Imagine not being an emotionally anxious train wreck all the time. How many of us would, like, sign up for that right now? Like, I, I, I'm there. Imagine not being that all the time. Why? Well, because, because now you live out of a proper understanding of your gospel identity. Like, I, I believe who I, who I am is who Christ says I am. And, and that's God's will for you. And, and now, because of that, you experience this peace that surpasses understanding. I, I, I am who Christ says I am. I believe it deep down. It's transforming how I live my life. And now I have peace. Imagine that. Imagine getting to that place. Some of us have. Some of us want to get there. Okay, or imagine being free from the chains of anger. Because you actually believe deep down that God is sovereign. You believe it. It's not just a doctrine you hold thinly up in your mind somewhere that you can recite to impress people. No, it's like it's locked in here, right? God is sovereign. He's in control of my life, which now, is, now allows me to, to release that sinful, anger-producing desire for control that I have deep down. Awesome. Okay, or, or imagine the healing that would happen in our marriages when our minds have been renewed and transformed by the truth that God is the ultimate one who satisfies us and gives us our inner security. Instead of desperately trying to find that, that, that inner security through a spouse. But because they are imperfect, they're, they're, they're not God, we just end up being left feeling insecure and, and disappointed. No, I believe that God is enough for me. He is giving me my, my deepest satisfaction and security. Now I can enjoy the wife or the husband that he has given me. I'm not looking for them to be God for me. See that? Okay, or just imagine what ministry would be like if we lived as people who truly believed the gospel deep down. 
that we're forgiven, right? That we're made new, that we're loved by God through Jesus Christ. How many of us would, our, our joy meter would just explode if we truly believe that we're forgiven? Yeah, we hear it. We hear pastors say it. We, we, we know where the verses are. But how many of us still punish ourselves over and over again? God's forgiveness isn't good enough. I still need to berate myself for my failures. How many of us do that? Drop the whip, man. Stop flogging yourself. You're forgiven through Jesus Christ. He's not holding that sin against you anymore. Do you, do you believe the gospel that you are made new, that you are being made new even? He is transforming you. Enough of this thinking that I'm never going to change, I'm never going to get to where that person is, or, or, or this issue is always going to be my issue to, to hold on to. No, it's not. Christ is changing. He's transforming you. He's sanctifying you. Imagine if we actually believed that and we're living according to it. Imagine if we believe that God loves us. How many believers struggle with this? We see the gospel. We see what God has done through Jesus going to the cross for us, and yet we still wonder, like, I, does God really love me? And we doubt that he does, and we, we picture him. I remember picturing him earlier in my life, thinking that he's this guy who's just disappointed all the time. Man, he went and did that? We've been through this. How much more can I forgive him? Again, and again, and again. God loves us. He loves you. Imagine what we'd be like if we truly believed these things. And listen, if you're not a Christian today, and you're here, or you're listening to this, online, at home, all of that is what's available to you through Christ. Do you recognize that, that God sent his son Jesus down to, to pay for your sin problem? Now, I'm not being like judgy in all of that. I've got a sin problem too. We all do. Every single person does. We've all sinned against God. All of our, our errors, all of our mistakes, all of our trespasses are ultimately against the God who created us. And God knows that we can't morally fix all of that on our own. We can't do it. You can't behave well enough to impress God. And because of that, it actually says in the Bible that we're deserving of death. We're deserving of God's wrath. We're deserving of punishment through hell for eternity. But the gospel tells us that that God recognized all of that and didn't want us to deal with all of that. So he sent his son, Jesus Christ, to live the perfect life that you and I couldn't. And to die the death that we deserved. So that if we would believe that all of that was for us, we could be forgiven, we could be given new life, we could become Christians. Can I plead with you and urge you to bow your heart before God right now and confess your sin and invite him to be your Lord and Savior? If you have any questions at all about any of that, track me down afterwards. I would love to explain that, pray with you, help you. Again, just imagine how we'd all be how satisfied we'd be, grateful, bold, loving, effective in the Lord's hands if we really, really believed all of that. It's exactly what God wants you and I to experience. That's his will. And it's all as truth is applied and our minds are renewed. Nothing compares to that. Nothing. It never will. It really is the best thing ever. Never going to find a comparison. Listen, I want to pray for you right now. Pray for each of us and 
pray for you as you begin to pray for yourself and think through these things for yourself and pray for your families and, and your church here and your community, that the Lord would transform each one of us and that others would see the difference and wonder what's going on here in this, in this group of people that meets in this building every Sunday and that they would want to know Christ as we do and, of course, that he would be glorified through all of it. Okay, let me pray. Lord, we thank you uh, for this time together. Lord, we appreciate so deeply that you have given us this roadmap of sorts in Scripture to show us what transformation is really like. Lord, we looked at a few verses uh, here today, but there's even more in there, Lord. I pray that you would give us uh, hearts, give us humility, give us the desire to seek you in these things. Lord, encourage us Lord, help us pour out mercy on us in this entire process, Lord. I pray that we would be for each other in this. Lord, that you would unite marriages and, 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 and kids with their families in this. Unite this church around this, Lord. That we would grow to the glory of Jesus Christ. Lord, that is our deepest longing. Lord, bring that out in us even more. Lord, help us to see very clearly what is true. Help us to identify the lies. Lord, help us to love you more. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.